it's because uh, I was the most effective at making fun of white people. <laughs> I didn't do anything this weekend. Like I said, I was very slow, very quiet. But over the last, like, say month, maybe a little more, I can, I'm not being able to sleep on Sunday nights. And maybe it's because I'm not doing enough. Like, I'm not active enough. Well, I do start thinking about, because yeah. what keeps happening is I'll wake up hours. in the middle of the night. Makes I'll sense. wake up at three, right? And then something will pop in my brain. Like, oh, I got I to gotta plan for that. And then I start thinking about that. And all of a sudden, I'm wide awake. Mm. So there was a number of Mondays in a row where I was exhausted because I wasn't sleeping. And so didn't do anything yesterday. But when I was going to bed, I was like, I haven't been able to sleep on Sunday nights in so long. So I took a sleeping pill. My mom got me addicted to melatonin in high school because she was like, you should just start taking these about half an hour when you're like, when you have half an hour left of home. See, I never, I normally have no problem sleeping. Yeah. I could lay down, just be out in a minute. I'm tops. a night owl. I can't do that. Oh, see, I don't have a problem with that. But I took the sleeping pill. And then when I woke up this morning, I was like, I feel like it's still in my system. Like, I feel like I can't wake up, which is why I have a Red Bull. I created a resistance to sleeping pills. Oh, really? Oh, see, I, That's my, the only other time I've ever taken them was on a flight. Yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. NyQuil knocks me out. Oh, I really am. Best sleep of your life, NyQuil. That's what the, well, actually, they can't really advertise that, but. <laughs> <laughs> Are we, uh, we're already rolling, right, Hammer? All right. Oh, yeah. You want to do something differently? You want to you wanna kick this off? You'd be our host? What do you mean I want to be? I am host. No, I mean, like, but I usually, like, kick this stuff usually. off. I usually do the, you know, um, the directing. No, you can still direct. You don't want to kick off the episode? Nope. I think you should. Yeah. <laughs> I think you ought to, James. You think I should do it? Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, It's two against one. Let me. Democracy. Well, I see now I can't help it. I want to jump in. Uh, <laughs> see, I knew it. <laughs> I asked this question to Craig, and I'm just very curious. Have you listened to the podcast? Bits and pieces. Bits and bits pieces. And pieces. That is bits a nice way of saying pieces. no. Yep. No I one listens not. to bits and pieces of a podcast. My parents do. Well, they, because they're trying to avoid you cursing. Nope. I showed them the Craigs <laughs> and my dad said, I turned it off after 21 minutes. Nice introduction to general marketing. My mom didn't say anything. So not, not fans. Yeah. They're not revelations fans. <laughs> Maybe I'll become a fan. Maybe. Yeah. After Die hard that's how, after that's how one. we grow our audience yeah, one by exactly. one. We invite you on the show. Well, I mean, I guess they're not our ideal audience. Also, did we tell our fan V that we were recording? Uh, yeah. Because so since you don't listen, yeah, V comes and she sits right here in front of us and just does goofy shit. That's cute. Just try to get us to laugh <laughs> throughout the whole thing. And so it's been quite entertaining to like be in a serious conversation and then look and she's doing a yoga pose. <laughs> well, now yeah. our listeners know who she is because she's literally on the episode oh, before this. Yeah, she's on the last episode. Yeah. So. You know, you know that episode you listened to? Yeah, I do. <laughs> the one that's that not one. out yet. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't posted it. <laughs> well, I, I'm terrible at introductions of people, so can I just pass you the mic and let you introduce yourself? Absolutely. Julio Amaro, paid media manager here at Rebel. Executing, executing what every one of our clients wants to reach and do to be able to convert, uh, whether it's in platform, whether it's uh, contributing a little bit to go-to-market strategies and, you know, doing everything in between and having fun. Ooh. Facts. And uh, topic this time was one you brought up. I believe it was your idea, but multicultural no, it marketing. Was. We said, what do you want to talk about? And he said, aren't you supposed to pick the topic? And we said, Literally, no. That was my reaction. I was like, yeah. You're no, like, supposed to like, tell me. And no, no. We, we haven't put that much planning into any of these. So it's usually like, <laughs> you want to come on? They're like, yeah. They're like, great. What do you want to talk about? They're like, I don't know. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Because we'll probably go off topic anyways. Except for <laughs> Jonesy. Jonesy was like, I have a great idea uh, for the podcast. Yeah, Jonesy's coming up and his... Um, I said no at first until he pitched me again. And it was so funny. I told him, I was like, you have to make it sound 
crazy. Yeah. And then James will want to do yeah, it. That, I mean, yeah, that's, that's on brand. <laughs> that's how you get me. Uh, it was crazy, but it, it felt like a sketch comedy. So he's next episode and it's going to be a good episode. So you'll want to listen to I'm sold. I didn't hear his pitch too. I so work with I'm, Jonesy. So I'm, I'm sold. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was an odd pitch. It was very, it was, uh, it was kind of chaotic, which I'm good. Which yeah, I like. It's so, on brand for you. Yeah, it's on brand. So multicultural marketing, why did that one come up for you? There's a lot of uh, misconception behind multicultural marketing, and generally it's because we don't know. You mean just you that. make content and then you just put, change the language to Spanish? And you're yep. Like, Dawn. Google Translator. Dawn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on sale now. On special. Okay, Google Translator. So, so what do you say? especial. Yes. We made it. <laughs> We're going to reach all Latin Americans. There you go. So uh, beyond that joke, but like, what are the misconceptions? So um, there's a lot of, uh, let's say it's superficial. It's just like the joke, actually. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's taking the joke and, and that's real life, uh, mostly. Um, being able to market to this audience, you need to really know like the history behind it know that since it's, it's an immigration thing, it's knowing history back when the first Irish woman came, you know, and, and came to New York and the millions of immigrants that followed after that, what's their story? What was life for them in their countries back then? And how is their life here? And then fast forward it to today. What's their, what's their life like in their countries today? And what's it like now? And knowing those little nuances, so usually this goes beyond just, let's say, and, and I know multicultural is wide. You know, we can mm -hmm. speak about uh, a variety and probably I'll speak a little bit more of, you know, Spanish speaking because it's my alley mm -hmm. um, as a Puerto Rican. But it's not about only brands celebrating Black History Month, Hispanic Heritage Month. You know, it goes beyond just that. Because mm -hmm. uh, do you know when Hispanic Heritage Month is? No idea. So, but who cares? <laughs> Who cares? The thing is that you have 61.5 million people in the U.S., and this is like Hispanics. There are more Latinos in the U.S. than Argentinians in Argent Argentina. Wow. There's Now you're spitting stats at me. There's <laughs> my job, Julio. There, no, there's more Latinos here than Canadians in Canada. So it's a movement. We need to know the status of these people here, what are the issues? It's like going back to you know, marketing 101, you know, what's, what's the issue? What's the problem? I wanna be the brand that solves it, but we need to understand it culturally. So uh, one of the things that we, I guess, miss to know is, and I'm gonna ask you a question, do you know what's the buying power of the Latino audience? I mean, based off those numbers, huge. <laughs> it's. <laughs> We have, I'm gonna include myself, we have 63 million recent, like recent stats, uh, Latinos here, and we have $1.72 trillion wow. buying power. Um, Insider Intelligence says that by 2025, we'll have 2.6 trillion. So what does that mean? And this is why Adweek calls, you know, the Hispanic audience, a necessity instead of an opportunity. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, we have a product, we have a service, we have a company. Oh, this, this is awesome for the Hispanic, you know, demographics also. Let's go ahead and market it to them and let's go ahead and expand our targeting. But why, what does it entail? Do you think it's just an opportunity or is there a necessity to be met, but we don't really know it from mm -hmm. a cultural standpoint? 
It's in it. That's part of you know having cultural competency. It's not just mm. knowing economics, knowing you know business, knowing marketing, knowing advertising, and you know all the little intricacies that you know go within uh, doing this and executing what we do. But intentionally and thoughtfully going over those strategies and like you know, Sam was telling me about a, a cigar brand, and it's like okay. Yeah, how we expand here? How do we yeah. go broader? How we actually go to the consumer that uses the product? Right. And back then, and sorry to mention it like this, nothing against anyone, but it was perceived like everyone that was white, you know, it was like a temporary royalty. So it's like it felt and it was perceived that more and more brands and companies were only advertising to the white population and totally negated and dismissed the fact that there were more cultures and you know more backgrounds here here in the US. So that's that's one of the things that really gets to me and there was an expectation in the 90s that Spanish language would disappear. There was an, an expectation. It's like okay. What do you mean by expectation? That there were going to be less and less Hispanic people. Well, whoever came up with that today. <laughs> yeah. Totally, totally, totally. So and now we actually have was like, that was that an assumption that people would would come here and then assimilate and adopt the English language at a faster pace, faster rate, and or just not be quite successful and just go back to your countries. Uh, and there is a very small percentage of people that actually do that. Right. They don't they don't find you know their their groove the, the American they, dream. Yep, they can't find it. They can't succeed in what they do or what they project. Or that wasn't the plan at all. And exactly. It was, Make yeah, a quick buck and like get it back at home. Simil- exactly. Like, you know, like Latin's like a dying language because it's just like being so assimilated. That's why I was like, oh, people will just be living in America and speak English. Yeah, correct. And then there's also, you know, a lot of other misconceptions about, about it, you know, the type of people that come. And that's a total other like geopolitical, I guess, subject mm-hmm. that is not really relevant. But the thing is that it was an expectation. Like, oh, we won't have, you know, Spanish speaking people. Right. But even in there, like we're talking Spanish or Latin culture, but yeah, there's many cultures inside of that. And, you know, this is no way I'm not, it's not even that I'm not an expert at this. It's, I don't even touch this. And I never have in all these, you know, decades of working in this industry. It's just not something I've explored or, or become super knowledgeable on. But how are you seeing that, that sense of multiculturalism in Spanish speaking communities and how they, differentiate and segment and reach those cultures as opposed to saying, because you speak Spanish, you are a culture. So it's, I mean, bouncing off of your question, it's not even saying like it's a culture. I think that's where the the division starts. Mm-hmm. In fact, Comcast had a really amazing ad uh, a couple of years ago where they had like two twins and one was speaking in Spanish, the other one in English. And talking about how uh, they were the best at what they do because they served both populations as one. It's not like there's division. There's just diversification. It's better to perceive our market as diverse, as segmented. But because we're data-driven and we're damn good at it, because at the end of the day, we're making data-driven solutions. And that's what we're looking at to decide what we do, what strategies we, we execute, how we pivot, how we activate certain channels. And certain initiatives, I guess our brain translates it just the way we analyze it to the execution. But then that's where you guys come in and that's where creative 
makes a blend and says, all right, we have this segmented data. We know all the subsets. We know what this uh, brand is looking for. We know what this client is looking for. You know, now we need to really uh, focus on you know, the, the positioning. How do we redact this in a way that it makes sense and it's intentional? So it's, it's like from the get-go, you just perceive it as segmented data. And I think that's, that's a mistake that many agencies you know, make. It's not just your perception because you, know, you barely touch the subject. It's because it's, it's, I think you have to be mindful enough and self-aware. And I don't mean like in a personal level, as in your business persona, in your business slacks, you need to be self-aware enough to say, okay, there has to be a way to reach this population because Latinos don't live segregated. I mean, hell, I'm a Latino, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting as I, over my time, my career, when it comes to multicultural marketing, it's generally a later, it's not data-driven, it's not necessarily strategic, it's not an element of positioning, it's a play it safe move. Meaning, let's hit multicultural opportunities by being generic. And so where I am often in the conversations is when I'm being told to diversify talent on set. So the multicultural marketing at that is not a strategic play. It's not a position play. It's not opportunity to grow the brand with new markets or new interests based off different cultures and stories, but it's one white person, one black person, one Asian person, they have to represent all of Asia. Uh, you know, it's one Latin person, like they, that's how brands do it. Why is because that's the most cost effective because it's the visuals, the aesthetic or the optics of it is we did what we we're supposed to do. And now our audience is everybody, right? Let's sell to everyone all at once. And that's a backwards way to approach it Correct. because then it's the most generic. I've, I've joked on, on this before around uh, in the past working on Kellogg's and the, the, the strategy was anyone with a mouth, if you got a mouth, you're right for us. Right. And then when you, when we do a photo shoot, it's, diverse, get a nice mix in there. And so there we can appeal to anybody. It's like, yeah, but are you really appealing to anyone at this point? I said it was like Jay Leno comedy. It has to be safe enough that no one's going to be offended. But what ends up happening is it's not funny. And so the ads are not effective because they are just generic. Anyone with eyeballs, you know, is now your audience. So you are appealing to no cultures at all. Adobe did a study and they found that um, 53% of Latinx Americans felt that their ethnicity is portrayed stereotypically in advertisements. Um, so I think like you're kind of touching upon that where it's mm -hmm. like just because you are showing them in your ad does not mean that you are like accurately portraying them or like speaking to who they are and what they identify with. Well, how do you react to that? It's totally true. And you hit the nail in the head because it's what many of these larger brands do. Um, it's only a visual representation that does not appeal to that specific audience. Why? Because it's even in a sense undermining. It's like, what is my guy or my girl doing up there representing quote, I'm going to quote this representing us. Yeah. That's a tokenization, not representation. They haven't said a word. Yeah. And, uh, there's a sports brand an apparel brand that, uh, Sam, call uh, them out, call them out. Adidas. Ooh. 
Adidas did this, uh, this here to create. How to, oh, here to create, yeah. So <laughs> how the hell, how the hell can you explain Lionel Messi? We're not talking about a young um, rookie. We're talking about, you know, a pro, a legend. All the guy does in this video is smile and look around. That might be the extent of his acting ability. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but why it's not? It's like when, I feel like there are so many, this is kind of off topic, but there are so many movies where they just get like a basketball player to come and be in the movie and you're like, this basketball player sucks. <laughs> like, why are they here? <laughs> Unless you're talking about LeBron James in the movie Trainwreck. Oh. No, Trainwreck. Did you see Trainwreck? Michael no. Jordan. Okay, Michael Jordan in Space Jam. That's pretty well, he's a star of Space yeah. Jam. It's not Obviously. just a little cameo. Oh, but, that sold tickets. Mm. Correct. But then going back to that, like, why not have him say something in Spanish? It's, you don't have to be an award-winning actor to say something like, the, the ad is actually called Here to Create. Can he say, let's create in Spanish? Vamos a crear. And then have everyone that sees the ad, you're losing opportunity for the virality aspect of it. Mm -hmm. Probably there's positive brand, positive memes that could come yeah. out of that. There's a lot of noise that can come, you know, internationally about that. See, but now are we assuming that the brand is saying like, oh, well, if we do that, then English speaking, people are going to think it's not for them. Why the whole right. ad yeah. was in English? Why would you think that? And that might be their assumption, right? It's a mindset thing. You, know, so you probably don't know this, but I'm not a big music guy. Most of the music in my life is when I play for my dogs in house. So I say, hey, Google, play music, right? And then Africa by Toto. It, the same song plays over and over again. <laughs> but it's the YouTube app. Prior to using the YouTube app, I was it was Spotify. Wait, 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 wait. Why did you switch? Ads. I don't remember. It, well, it, actually, let me explain that. Yeah, this might have been, might have been why I did it. <laughs> Spotify has more ads than YouTube. I don't pay for either. So it's the, I get the ads, right? All, all my ads on Spotify were in Spanish. All of them. I have no idea why. I'm not listening to music on there except for what it plays automatically for me. Maybe you set your location up incorrectly. But would it be my location? It's the advertiser, period. <laughs> yeah, so all my ads are in Spanish. We control these things. I was targeted by Bustelo. I'm a huge coffee freak. I don't even know what that is. So it's, it's I think, one of the best coffees you might try. So then it makes sense Are you a coffee freak where you're like, this bean has earthy tones? Oh, yes. And, really? Yes. <laughs> start defining it from, from medium rose to dark, because I don't do light. Uh, I'm the coffee drinker it's who bold. lets it sit in the pot and go stale throughout the course of the week Ugh. and just heats it up in the microwave. Ugh, gross. No, that's <laughs> gross. That's, that's an insult. It's, it's fuel for me. <laughs> so at the end of the day, like you're losing a lot of opportunity because you think that visual representation, tokenization, like you said, you know, you're, you're checking off the multicultural aspect. Uh -huh. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Look at us. Someone pat me on the back. <laughs> Like I, I have it. someone from each ethnicity on that commercial doing nothing but smiling around and laughing yep. and pretend. Yeah. And you know, it's that, that's, they counted, <laughs> they counted it as a yeah, success. But yeah. the truth is the data then comes back and bites you in the ass. <laughs> like, what's then, then you go ahead and segment again, you know, what, what, what do your conversions look like? If you're e-com, you know, what, mm -hmm. those purchases, are they really made by that segment that you thought you were uh, targeting, like, no, not really. So that's why, I, that's why I say you have to be very intentional. However, there are other big brands 
like Bustelo that I just said, um, I get served their, <laughs> um, their ads on Spotify. But then we can talk about Cheerios. Wait, you also don't pay for your Spotify? Well, I was targeted before paying. Um, now I do pay. Yeah. It gets, an, you're like getting into a flow with the music and then and you know what? breaks with an ad and you're like, ah. But let me actually tell you this. <clears throat> whoever, whoever did it, did it right. Because yes, I'm a coffee fan, musician, so I love music, and I'm Latino. Now, you know what made me enjoy the ad, which is really rare, I hate ads, <laughs> is that it was a Spanglish ad. Like, are you craving your cafe this morning in Bustelo? And they start like switching mm -hmm. that smart. Like code switching. That gives you that identification with, with your audience. Mm. They feel like, hey, they're speaking to me. Explain that to me, though. So if it's all in Spanish, it's very clear that it's, it is targeting you versus it goes back to what you're saying around the messy thing is, or what we are saying is the potential to say this isn't for you. How is Spanglish more appealing than Spanish? Because isn't Spanish more overt, direct, right? This is not for James, right? This is for you. Exactly. But now if it's in Spanglish, it's like, we're trying to appease multiple people because James is at least going to pick up a little bit from here, right? Isn't it going back in the opposite direction? Maybe, maybe not. Do you find yourself like, like when you are code switching between your languages, like speaking Spanglish to yourself? My brain, and I, I think most of us in the Hispanic community do this, like when we're speaking in, in, in English, we think in Spanish and vice versa. Do you dream in Spanish? In both. Really? And I could go back and forth. That's so cool. I can start talking in Espanol y estoy en este podcast, me lo estoy disfrutando, but I can continue going back to English. And, you know, just, I was saying that I was in this podcast and that I'm enjoying it. So <laughs> there's this show called, it's called Rhythm and Flow. It's like a um, rap version of American Idol. And this one rapper, he's rapping in Spanish and it's like code switching to English and like rhyming the Spanish with the English. It's amazing. <laughs> that's, that's I, I wrote on a Spanglish TV show. I don't speak any Spanish. I don't know any. I barely know five words. Uh, and so I would write and then someone would have to translate it and they would, it was Spanglish. So the host would mix back and forth. So I don't even know how they translate it. Like did he, they put it all in Spanish and then he just chose or do they write in Spanglish? Like, do you write in it? Like, do you, if you were writing, let's say a, an article or something like that, do you flip in there or do you do one or the other? Typically, if you're, if you want to do it, on a specific language, yes, because it's the same context. Mm -hmm. But um, just clarifying your question, if I can do it at, while I write? Well, no, just, so I'm <laughs> I not, got lost in his yeah, question. Yeah. Like, I'm, not, I'm not bilingual, multilingual. I used to be, but I, I stopped. I just, it went away over time for, you know, lack came, of use. When you came back from Italy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gave, <laughs> yeah, I stopped. Well, actually, when I lived there, I stopped speaking because I hung out with Europeans. Like, uh, I had Norwegian, English, and... Uh, Latvian and known English was the lingua franca, like not Italian. Uh, and so I gave, I lost my Italian over the years because I stopped speaking it. Um, but my question on was the Spanglish is, um, you can do it. If someone speaks to you in Spanglish, you like it, right? That's yeah. naturally how you communicate verbally, but in writing is that, is, do you write in Spanglish or do you 
do you no. decide one or the other? Right. And that was my question. It was like, I, here I am writing on a show where everyone, everyone, it's a possibility. Yeah. And then, but then the show, it was, he would be bouncing, jumping around. And I never like, did someone translate my work or did he get it in English? And then he just did it on the fly. Uh, I never had any idea. It'll be specific words or specific terms that you can translate and it won't make the content lose its context. Mm -hmm. You know, just, if you ever wonder, if you wonder why I'd be writing on a, on a Spanish speaking show, uh, where, where the primary audience was, uh, like Puerto Rico, it's because, uh, I was the most effective at making fun of white people. <laughs> yeah. And so that was my approach. That would make sense. When, when it kicked off, I was like, I look I at everyone, everyone <laughs> is Spanish speaking and they were all comedians. I was like, how am I going to beat these guys? And so he I was, was doing like, a Marcelo. Like, <laughs> you guys love our food. That's yeah. why we have taco Tuesday. Yeah. I was like, I'm just going to make fun of myself so much in the writing that, it's going to, they're going to, I'm going to be better at it than them. And then all stuff, my, all of a sudden my stuff's getting on air and it was cause it's like, I just, I'm better about being mean to, to white people. I guess. <laughs> and then the culture is very proud, mm-hmm. proud in a sense. Um, it's like we, as Americans, we can say, yes, on the 4th of July, we feel, you know, all that pride, you know, we're a free country. I think for the Hispanic community, it's not a one day deal. It's like 365 days. So wherever we perceive, you could argue that there are some people in the well, American yeah, community yeah, yeah. who are 365 <laughs> days yeah. strong. But you get that like year-long energy. You know what I mean. Mm, so yeah. whenever there's bits and pieces of things that we perceive and we consume that speak to our cultural reality, it's like ah, oh, love it. Let's tap into that. Let's follow them. No, whatever the brand may be. And I was mentioning Cheerios. How, how, how might they do that? Or explaining with Cheerios. How do you tap into that pride? So Cheerios has a very, it's like seven-year-old commercial where they actually tap into the cultural reality of Latino children sounding different. So the ad starts with, you know, the kid, he's having his breakfast, his Cheerios. He's telling his dad that his friends tell him that he speaks weird. Why does he sound weird when he speaks? So, you know, the dad gives them, you know, comforting words. And at the end of the day, you know, at the end of the ad, it's uh, the slogan is like Cheerios for your heart, Cheerios for your family, something like that. Mm. Um, Don't remember it word for word. But it tapped into a cultural reality. So when you're bilingual or if you come in the later stage of your childhood, you're going to have an accent. Usually like around the agency, I make fun of that sometimes when they tell me to like, hey, uh, how would this sound in Spanish? I start doing the Sofia Vergara voice. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes, I know. Now I work for this agency and we're going to start doing this campaign and it's going to be incredible, incredible. But it's a reality and people don't understand it. So whoever made this creative, like, was able to understand that cultural nuance. Like, yes, right. it's difficult. And then, you know, heartwarming uh, ad uh, for the brand. So that's a way to do it. Um, and then when we talk about... That ad, actually, it had to be pulled, though, because the reaction to it was, like, so mean and nasty, which is kind of crazy. Wait, mean and nasty, what does that mean? <laughs> in, in, what, in what sense? I so, think it was just, like, the... Yeah, like, the inter... People just, like, took issue with that it was interracial. But this also aired in, like, 2013. Yeah, it was a few years ago. Uh, interesting. Oh, yeah, like, America's really gotten better since then. See, yeah, that, the that, contra- that's why you the, were writing for... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the controversy, I think, was... Sh- just that it was like mixed race. Um, like the commercial itself wasn't controversial. It was people's reaction to it. And it became like 
so negative that they had to pull it because it, it wasn't family friendly any, anymore. Family friendly. Hmm. I wonder what they define as family friendly. Yeah. Well, the thing is that more, more and more brands have get, gotten into this. Like uh, Neutrogena launched the Urban Divas United. Urban Divas United was a, a live event that they streamed. And they took 10 diverse Hispanic women, singers, singer artists, and they had an event. They all sang. And it was just part of their strategy to continue appealing to diversity and to the Hispanic population. Um, Duolingo did the same thing. Mm. You remember that one, right? The fake Peacock streaming show? No. Oh, with um, Francesca Farago, right? <laughs> Is that how you say her last name? They, they, they like... God contestants that were German, English, French, Japanese. Right? She's, she's like faux hosting it, right? I'm not wrong with that. I believe so. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and you know that they localized subtitles in the other countries. It's not just that they pulled people in different languages and you know let it roll. Like they, they were mindful about it. Let's put the English language uh, subtitles, you know, within the U.S. But it was something fun. It was very different but it still was diverse and it had the language present. Now what tied it together? Subtitles. How, wait, how? And also you'll know this stat. What are we at in terms of English to Spanish speakers now in the United States? Only about 12.5% of the U S speaks Spanish and really? like 78 is English. Wow. I, for some reason I thought that was a lot higher. Like I said, Duolingo did it. Bastel does it. How do you feel about PepsiCo? They like, Todd Kaplan is a mastermind. Yeah. They also use cultural like realities <laughs> and they bring it into their advertising. You remember uh, this ad with uh, Cardi B rolling her tongue? You had mentioned that over, no, was it Cardi B over? No, it was Bad Bunny. Well, Bad Bunny also, like they incorporated him like recently. Mm. Um, there's actually another, uh, I think it's in this, I'm not really familiar with video games, but there's, is it dance revolution or dance dance something? Yeah, that's, um, right. there's, there's an ad that I saw like last night, my wife and I, we always turn on the TV just a bit before going to bed, just to wind down, uh, get our mind off of things and, and work. And, and this is why you can't fall asleep. <laughs> and all of a sudden I hear bad bunny and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> and it was one of his songs, but it was an ad uh, for that specific, like, uh, dancing video game, whatever the heck it is. So Interesting. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of, like, diversification when it comes into, like, background music in the ads also. That's actually a, a, a hot debate in the educational sphere of music and sound marketing because, like, don't tell someone that music is a universal language because, like, sound as a stimuli can trigger specific physiological responses like a sound can make you feel scared like a stick cracking behind you will speed up your heartbeat and make your pupils dilate um but music um the like western scale is not the same music scale that different cultures use so like music itself isn't a universal language music has an accent Music has like different cultures have different instrumentations. They have different styles. They have different like like beats and lines, um, different vocals, uh, different DNA. But like you can take a song and change it and make it a, like sound like a different culture's music. But is it read differently? What do you mean, uh, like sheet music? Yeah. 
I'm not, I actually, this was a question I had a long, I was like, in Israel, is sheet music read from right to left? No one could answer it for me, but yeah, I don't know if it's read differently. That's something important to know, because if it is read the same, then you could sort of call it a universal language anyways. It's not like how it, it'd be Probably like, it's not how played. it's written, how then, it's, or like what instruments you're using, the scale, or like, I think, I think India uses like a pent scale, whereas like <laughs> the Western scale is eight notes. So you're, it's completely different theory too. It's very interesting. You know, when you uh, said multicultural marketing, maybe this is the pessimistic marketer in me, um, or just seen so many bad examples or had horrible clients who look at, you know, quote unquote diversity and, and don't respect it. But when you said multicultural marketing, my brain went right, went right to racism in marketing. Like the way we inadvertently are, you know, offensive or, Perpetrate cultural stereotypes. Exactly. And then, then the way people react, like you mentioned the Cheerios stuff and the way there was backlash over it. Cause I think I slacked it to you all the one that popped in my brain you said multicultural marketing, I read racism and then my brain went to the little Nas X and then who's the other one? Uh, it was like Tom Petty or something or uh, Tony Hawk. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. That he had the blood shoes and everyone's like, Oh my God, this is horrible. And then Tony Hawk comes out. I was like, I have blood skateboard. And I was like, amazing. And then you have people going, wait, 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 is that because he's white? You're okay with it now because he's white? You racist, you know? And so that was where my brain went because I've just, I feel like I've had so many of those terrible, you know, closed door meetings in boardrooms with big executives who are like, I wanted to be diverse. And like, whoa, not that diverse, you know? There's a thin line within, you know, between multicultural marketing and then, you know, the, the racism, the racism aspect. So I think they're tied together in some way mm -hmm. um, because not everyone, but some agencies think of diversification and having black and white. So, so how that's, would, how would, like we're a smaller agency in Connecticut. We obviously don't have the resources to like hire a full multicultural like team to come in and work on every project and make sure it's, how would someone like us? We don't need like, that though. We don't need that. Like, do we not need that or do we just not have it? Yeah, because if you came to me and you said, hey, we're trying to tell this story to this audience, like I wouldn't have the the experience that the person who wrote that Cheerios commercial had, right? I've never been there. I had the most privileged white guy, you know, foundation. I can't write that story. A first world yeah, problems. Yeah, I, I don't know it. Yeah. <laughs> and so like we need people to have that, that voice, that experience who can write it truthfully. The way Sam... Uh, describes it is like a full multicultural like division, like a whole force. It wouldn't be a division though. It'd just be like a multicultural like group of people who work on projects together. Like, you know, I think part of the problem is like if you silo them, that's when it's no better off. Like they need to be integrated into the rest that's of the, the team. Key. That's the key. Yeah. So. We, we need more varied experiences, more varied backgrounds, more varied voices as a company. Every company does. You know, not necessarily to have like an entire massive department just for Hispanic Latin markets. But we do know? have the resources to conduct the research. Yeah. And I think the research is super valid because his, it's you know, key. my past, like writing, I actually performed best on female brands, like writing for females as opposed to male brands for whatever reason. And I think a large part of it was research, but like I was great at, we'll try not to laugh. But then, like, but then I, I look at whisper. you. I was, I was great at cosmetics. I was really good with mom brands. That was my expertise. I was great at that stuff. And I don't, yeah. Why? How? Right, I don't know. But that was my wheelhouse. Yeah. 
Yeah. So research is, is the root component because you need to have the knowledge. You need, that's where the cultural competency parts. You don't have to be Hispanic. You don't have to be from another country to have knowledge on the cultural realities and you know, the nuances of a specific audience. You just need the knowledge. The other part is more in your wheelhouse. It's the creative part. Yeah. Yeah, you can probably hire, you know, to have the the visual representation. Copy-wise, yes, I always say you have to be very, very cognizant and on alert when trying to write copy in Spanish because you have over 20 different, you know, uh, countries that speak mm-hmm. Spanish and it varies. So if you translate word for word, you know, you come up you can come up with Spanish slang that's not <laughs> appropriate or, or, or uh, good for, for ad copy. But the thing is, knowing these things is like half of that battle won. The rest is creative, and that's where like we as rebels have such a fun sandbox where we can <laughs> always, it, it, I, I always say it could be solved in the sandbox. Mm. The knowledge part, the data part, you know, the research aspect that's something that you can't be creative about. They're facts. Facts are facts. Yeah. As long as we have that background, I think Rebel, we know how to do the rest. And not having that fear of, wow, what if? Yeah, but I think the the creativity and the research is a confidence and sense of freedom or allowance to get into that research. And so like I think of, you know, I I, I said that it, it you know, maybe come across as a joke, but like <laughs> No, I wrote a lot of mom stuff. And like one time I wrote a thing and in the room, we had a woman read it and the CMO like nudged her team. And she goes, see, she knows what it's like to be a mom. Mm. Meanwhile, I wrote it to get there. I had to become a, a mom, right? I had to, in my mind, imagine it, picture it, study it, read things. And so it was a creative research project of me embodying this, trying to understand this is. experience. And like uh, one of the places I, always dive into is Facebook groups. I will go join groups. Reddit threads. Yeah, yeah. If you want to know the secret behind anything, type Reddit at the end of your I will go, yeah, deep into message boards. That's, I always do that. And so if I'm, whomever I'm writing as, I will try to go explore that world. When, for a while I was writing on a show that was meant for teenage girls. So hell yes, I read Seventeen (laughs) magazine. I would read those magazines on the subway. Those it magazines like a complete were good. Freak. They were great magazines. Yeah. But like, I would be reading that stuff sitting there on the subway, and people were looking at me like, "This guy's a creeper." <laughs> but I was, I was prepared. To my point, you were prepared. So, and you, you weren't fearful of doing it. You weren't dubious. You weren't. You or just, I, or I, I I tried to show it some level of respect, and that I'm not going to put my experience in it. I'm going to try to understand your experience, so that I can be creative in that. That space. And that's what it is about, James. It's about, I always say, like, when we have meetings with our clients, <laughs> I always use the same, the same uh, intro. I'm like, I'm going to reverse engineer what we're going to execute. <laughs> that's all I say in my intro. Because that's what it is, reverse engineering. Who the heck is my audience? Okay. But, so, so let me ask you a question. Um, we were doing mock-ups for a campaign, and the campaign would become, it was going to be Spanish language. So I wrote them in English and said, hey, can you just translate these to Spanish? Because this was a quick mock-ups for a presentation. No. Did I annoy you? Did I piss you off? You can, you can tell me. No, not actually, because I, 
I don't know if I got that version. I know that Hannah sent it to me, and what she sent wasn't um, translated, though. So whatever you sent didn't get to me. I actually got the full English version. Oh, yeah, I wrote so, it in English. Oh, well. Yeah, and I said, hey, can, can someone translate this? Yeah. So you, you weren't angry with me. No. You haven't been holding that deep inside for... No, not really. <laughs> it was like, for, I'm ready I'm, to like the, air out my the, dirty the laundry. Thing, <laughs> the, the thing I'm really passionate about is, is the tokenization part. Mm-hmm. That's the part that gets me very angry. It, it produces a lot of like emotions in me like because it's so wrong to believe that you just toss people or show them as a trophy yeah. to believe that that's going to get you buy-in from a specific audience. Mm-hmm. Like I've never wrapped my head around it. Um, it's like, okay, here you go. It's Bud like, Light. It's, it's, Talk it's, about bringing Bud Light back. <laughs> oh, I yeah. what they did. So, you know, it's like, let's say, let's say Rebel wanted to, you know, we wanted to take on more um, culturally diverse brands. You know, it's like flagging me around. You're not going to say, hey, we have Julio, we have a Puerto Rican, yeah. he speaks Spanish. <laughs> you're going to talk about the brand. You're, you're going to talk yeah. about how Rebel has the capabilities of, of you know, doing the research and, and how we have a culturally diverse team. You're not going to say, hey, Julio, and just wave me around. Right. You know? Yeah. Number one, I would just kick you in the ass. And <laughs> <laughs> so, well, and that's actually like, I mean, I will admit this on the air, but I'll follow it up with a little bit more detail. We're, we're not there enough in terms of our range of voice and background and experience and true diversity, but, we but can. no agent, no agency is I've worked with 10 or 11, whatever it is. They're all bullshit. That's any, right. any DEI, any statement they have is bullshit. PQ media reports that multicultural consumers make up almost like 40% of the U.S., um, but the media spend is 5.2%. But on the the true diversity and agencies, I've done freelance work for some bigger shops, and uh, I noticed a trend in how everyone was in job titles. And so if you're like an Omnicom place, I was noticing this, like all the white guys in the room are contractors, and everyone of varied background and diversity, color, and they had full-time roles. And so I was like, what? Why is this? This is 100%. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, because they're shifting their their numbers because it's good in new business to seem my, more multicultural. And so all the white guys are just contractors, and it doesn't show up in those numbers. Right? So oh, it's totally, God. yeah, sketchy. Um, but one That's thing, like I said, it, Rebel's not there yet. But one thing I liked was when, when coming here, talking to Bryn, I had started, I, me and a couple other people had started a program that was meant to open more doors and more, create more access for that. creatives. And he was, he was like, we need to do better. I want what that thing you did. I want our version of that, which you and I have had lunch and talked about yep. how we might create this. And so at the very least of someone just recognizing it, and saying, please, let's let's work on this. Like, let's do something versus every other agency I've ever worked for. They go, we don't have it. Find a way to fake it. Find a way to mask it. Yeah. That's our solution is faking it, right? Not fixing it, not creating more access, more opportunities, not trying to understand people better or, you know, give people the room and the freedom to research it and understand it and connect with people and talk to the right people. They mask it. And so I feel like we're at least, we're not there because so few are, but at least we're on the right journey because we're admitting it to ourselves. The intent itself is, is a success. Because just 
wanting to get there because mm-hmm. you know what I believe and you said something important not every agency is and I don't think any agency would ever be because as humans like we're going through a transformation like generation <laughs> generation by generation it's it's something that continues to evolve and we can't say like and no agency could say we're there but the intent itself and like I remember what you modeled that's a success mm. And being able to activate on that and then slowly and surely with firm steps start activating on on these campaigns on these plans on these strategies that enable these brands to appeal to these audiences that's the best first step but i think that because it's never been modeled or it's barely modeled let me say um usually it's fake it till we, I don't know if we make it or not. Right. Yeah. Which is weird because like by being like, oh, we need to fake it. It's acknowledging that you need exactly. to do it. And then you're just sitting there and not doing it. Yeah. Cause I, there was, there was the first hill that had to be taken in this, in this, ju- this concept around diversification of thought and, and experience. So that we're, we're doing the right thing, saying the right things, representing different groups uh, the first hill was the statement, right? We go into a pitch. What is your diversity statement? What is your belief on it, right? So everyone's got their generic statement. So I would jump back, say, 10 years ago, when every conference now was around diversification of this industry, which is just primarily, by a vast degree, white, right? And then what happened was we took that hill, and then people started pushing into, well, no, prove it. I know, I know you have a statement. You have a landing page. Prove it that you're doing something. Show me your Look at that choir. Right as he was ranting. It's going right yeah. in the podcast. <laughs> that was the plan. Happy birthday. birthday, James. Thank you. Thank 39 you. forever. Feliz cumpleaños. <laughs> yeah, I told him we should scare the shit out. Thank you. That was our creative team for all you listeners there. Yesterday was James's birthday. Yes. <laughs> and I'm not a big birthday celebrator. And I wanted to make him. I told Sam, I wanted to make him say before these people come in, Feliz cumpleaños, and be like, how do I say that? I was like, oh, no, it's coming close to the time. We've had a really serious talk. Really it's <laughs> so like, this is going to be a bad one for them to interrupt, but oh, well. <laughs> if, if the audience could see and have visuals of how this went on here <laughs> and how awkward I felt. I was like, I told, I was like, I hope James turns bright red and starts like crying crying <laughs> tearing up yeah out of like un- discomfort or out of happiness like a little both a little <laughs> both. uncomfortable <laughs> happiness yeah. uncomfortable joy here's um, james going on a very serious topic and all yeah. of a sudden yeah. very serious yeah then i'll yeah i started noticing people peeking around the corners you like heard like a rumble and you were like what yeah. is going on yeah. <laughs> the reality is that there needs to back be back to your regularly scheduled there, contact. Yeah, so I, I know I went. I we we went from multicultural <laughs> marketing to agencies failing at being considerate of other cultures. 
Um, so that was a shift in the, the narrative here, but I think it applies. No, but it does. It does completely. It completely does because it's failing to understand the authenticity. Um, but if, and if we fail to see it as practitioners, we will fail to express it as practitioners, okay. meaning like in the content or the work we create. Completely. Because the authenticity, understanding it creates the connection, which leads to, okay, being able to execute properly mm -hmm. in the most effective way, um, which leads to increased loyalty, leads to, you know, ROI <laughs> from these segments. But it, it takes more than just faking it, like you say, to your point. There was a Microsoft ad that found that, um, not ad, a Microsoft study that showed that an inclusive ad actually had a 23% more like effectiveness. When was that? Where are we at? Because I think there is a, an element of ebb and flow. Like, are we ebbing and we flowing? 2020, and we're talking about mid-pandemic. Yeah. And that was uh, kind of a heated time. I mean, it's all a heated time, but um, with... Wait, was pandemic 2020 or 2021? 2020. 2020. Oh, wow. Yeah. I can't even remember. I mean, I believe we have come a long way. Um, there are more and more brands that are trying. And to me, like, as a Latino, I would say, yes, that's success. But there's still a long way yeah. to continue towards the future. Um, and as we see stats growing in terms of more Latinos coming into the United States, and for example, when Hurricane Maria hit Puerto Rico, there was like a huge wave of Puerto Ricans I hear uh, from my friends and family down in Florida. <laughs> um, but you know, across the US, there was a huge influx, just fled, fled out and mm -hmm. came into the States. But that's just like, when you look at it from a global perspective, that's micro when you actually, cause we're talking about multicultural and yes, I'm the one that's from Puerto Rico and I'm the one that's, you know, uh, speaking about the Spanish element, but you have a lot more. That's just a spectrum of something wider. Uh, so I think that there's a lot more to be educated on as marketers. So we can be effective in our messaging. We can be effective in our visuals. We can be effective in, in how we portray things so uh, we can really appeal. And like I was saying earlier, sometimes it's just... Saying a phrase, for example, and, and this is just like, let's say we're brainstorming here and we have a whiteboard um, and we're trying to have this brand project onto the Hispanic market, Spanish speaking. Like if you ask me, what's, what's a positive way to appeal to them, to get them interested? Sometimes it's as simple it's thoughtful and strategic, but it's as, it's as simple as using any type of phrase or word that is common to Hispanics, or in mm -hmm. my case, like to Puerto Ricans. Mm -hmm. Like when you say dale, or right now we're in the holidays. In the holidays, like we use a lot this, uh, this uh, expression, huepa. And it's like, it means wow, it means like, let's go. So it's a huepa. Wait, is that, is that like slang. specific yeah, to yeah. Puerto Rico? Yeah, it's, it's very specific. So, um, but just as a you know, quick example in, at the top of my head, um, and you have a brand and, you know, you can have your full ad in, in, in you know, full-blown English, but probably there's a part of the ad where, you know, uh, the actor, the Hispanic actor tries to 
drink the product and it's like, whereby now holidays have started, you know, it's something that will appeal. So no, but if you're, so if that's, that's specific to Puerto Rico, if you're from Mexico or you're from Venezuela, is there a disconnect there? Or do you now go, oh, they tried, but now it just seems racist. Well, if it's, if it's actually more broad, there are broader terms that mm -hmm. are uh, common. So you could target and segment, have a specific slang to those areas. Yes. Um, that will cover all the territories. Yeah. It seems like that is a, like in this era of, of, you know, testing and learning and having, you know, messaging variants in paid media. Like it's an avenue we would approach, especially with then like, you know, AI that we could be flipping these things out faster. But I feel like. Does ChatGPT work in Spanish? Have you tried that? I have not tried it. Ooh. Should I see? Yeah, check it out. Check well, it out. I but I did see in. it. I did. I was telling Sam earlier, I did see a TikTok video of uh, like, it was a joke. Marketers trying to. Uh, Should I have it right? Engage in, in multicultural marketing and they have Daddy Yankee song, Gasolina. And AI was was just something that could help with the part of Mataras. And that was cracking up. Wait, <laughs> what, should I, what should I have it like write? Which my query be? I know anything in English. Like, can you can you write in Spanish? <laughs> ChatGPT. Why are why are you using Prometheus? Right. Right. That's that's call for Prometheus. See, puedo escribir en español. See, that's right. Puedo ayudarte hoy? Is that how can I help you today? That's correct. And que puedo ayudarte hoy? Yes. Uh, well, I won't be able to respond in Spanish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, it doesn't work in Spanish. That's cool. See if it knows any other languages. I don't speak languages in the traditional sense, but I can generate text in a variety of languages. Some of the languages I can assist with include English, Spanish, French, German, Italian, Portuguese, Dutch, Russian, Chinese, simplified and traditional, Japanese, Korean, Arabic. These are just a few examples, and I can handle many more languages to varying degrees. If you have a specific language in mind, feel free to let me know. Good to know. Yeah. There we go. Um, I think we're going to start wrapping this up unless there's anything else you wanted to talk about. No. I mean, this is a good uh, topic to, I think it, we, 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 lit, <laughs> we lit the topic a little bit, but I know there's a lot. It's extensive. It's deep. There's a lot of depth to it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, you haven't listened. You know, you're not a true fan of the podcast. Um, we don't do a good job of ending the podcast. So we just say bye. Yeah, and we'll then swap, it stops. We'll swap next time. Okay, yeah. let's Bye. let's wrap it up like that. Bye. Adios, hasta luego. There you go. Ciao. Bye. Bye. <laughs>